Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. And I'm a recovering sexaholic. I've been sober for 17 years and 11 months, and I've been only active in the 12-step program of Sexaholics Anonymous. As far as I know, and the way that I have been briefed, and I, I'm just going to talk about my own experience, about the topic that I have chosen myself. And the best thing that came to my mind to talk about for this meeting was the higher power and how to have a conscious contact with that higher power. I think the most important thing for my recovery is my conscious contact with my higher power, which helps me to be stable in my recovery and to progress in my recovery. In the 12-step program of SA, the first encounter that I had with the concept of searching for a higher power was step two. And it is in step two that we realize if we just follow the footsteps uh, that we have taken towards finding a higher power, we go very, uh, we go much into the past, maybe in our childhood. And this holds true for me uh, because the first spark that I had in relationship in a relationship to a higher power happened for me in my childhood. And I have talked about this in many meetings that I think it, I was about seven or eight years old that uh, I dreamed uh, of a higher power while I was asleep. I, I had a dream of a higher power of God. When I was working my step two for the first round, it was suggested to me that I have I need to have an understanding, a picture of my higher power. And what I did, I tried to recapture the picture that I had in my dream while I was a kid because it was very important to me. Back then when I was working my uh, step two for the first time, there was no step into action book. And uh, we, were, we were coming up with a design for the 12 steps, how to work it. But one of the questions that we had uh, incorporated in step two was exactly this, that what is your image? What is your understanding of your higher power? Uh, just to jump forward, coming back to the time that we were working with the step, step into action, uh, step working guide. Uh, in step two, there is a very useful inventory on the step working guide, which, which talks about the, it asks you to list the people who had authority in your life. For me, for sure, it was my parents, most probably for you, it was, it, it should have been the same that these people who had authority, the first people on the list might have been the parents, father and mother. And then on the list, it was the teachers and then the politicians or people in the government who had the authority. And then the list went on to the holy people or the religious people. And then I started listing the behaviors that my parents had towards me when I was a child, when I was first working my step two. And I came to realize that most of those behaviors 
were even against the beliefs of my parents themselves. They're having, they're, they're behaving in a way which was against their own beliefs. And then I went to, I mean, when I was considering the other people on my list, the people with authority, I realized that 90% of these people had the same pattern that they were behaving in a way that it was contrary to their own beliefs. And after going through all this inventory, I decided it's better for me to stick to the, my own idea of a higher power that I had seen in that dream. In that dream. And I started searching on the internet. Back then, the internet speed in Iran was very low. We were connecting with dial-up connection. And what I did, I started searching on the internet for the word God in different languages. And I was checking just the, the pictures that it was giving me. And I remember I, 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 I saw about 1,200 pictures so that I can create an, an idea of a God in my mind. Uh, the reason that I'm explaining all this is that I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say how I managed or how I was trying to have an imagination, an idea of, the high, of a higher power in my, in my own mind. It was not to say that I didn't believe in a higher power, but I think I, it was just more about being able to have this imagination. And from then on, I realized that from step two onwards, the, the journey in the program was about getting closer to this higher power and, and giving more depth to this relationship. And it was not about that I was going to do a lot of uh, getting closer by, by doing a lot of searching. It was supposed to happen by removing the blockage, which was between me and my higher power, by removing the defects of character. In step two, I realized that I had a lot of insanities. Although I believed in a God, but I was acting in insane ways. And I realized that my belief was just like the belief that I, that I had listed on my step two inventory, that they believed in something, but they were acting contrary to their own beliefs. To cut a long story short, what I'm trying to say is that the 12th step is in, in a way supposed to take me back to the simplicity of my childhood. In other words, the 12th step is uh, going to serve as a tool which... Uh, helps me have that connection with a higher power, just as I used to have it as an innocent child, to simply and without effort being able to have a connection with God. And then in, in my dream, I had seen that uh, there was a holy person that was regarded as a holy person in the uh, Persian tradition, and people would curse the person who had killed that person, right? And in my dream, I saw that this holy person was walking kind of hand to hand in the heaven with his own murderer. And it was a question in my head, how could that possibly happen? And what came to mind was that, well, he has forgiven his murderer. When I first talked about these dreams with my mother, and my mother kind of slapped me and told me, uh, shut up, it's impossible for anyone to be able to dream of God. But when my mother was curious and asked me, well, what exactly what was the, the content of your dream? Then my mom uh, started crying. And then when I saw one of the people who had authority in my life, namely my mother, was kind of crying because of what she had heard about the content of that dream, then I realized there is huge power in forgiveness. The rest of my journey in the 12-step program has been about being able to get rid of all the defects of character which stands in the way of my connection to my higher power so that I can have a conscious contact.
when I was about seven years sober, uh, because I, I really liked the number seven, I sent an email to Roy K. And in my email, I mentioned that Roy, it's, it's now seven years that I am sober. And I was expecting that he's going to celebrate with me. But his reply caught me by surprise. Uh, he, he sent me a very short reply. And he said in his email, well, Masood, it's good that now you're seven years sober. Now, welcome to SA. And he told me that from now on, you need to work on your conscious contact with your higher power as much as possible so that you can practice step 12 and you can become a tool in God's hand for service. Uh, I can say that uh, I owe my recovery and sobriety for the most part to my sponsor. And my sponsor has been a channel for communicating my higher power, for communicating between me and my higher power. And although my sponsor and I do not have a very long uh, difference in, in our years of sobriety, but I, I came to realize that I cannot trust my own mind and I cannot just trust my own selfishness if I want to have a conscious contact with God. I think one of the best definitions that I have heard about a conscious contact with a higher power was the one that my sponsor gave me. And the way that he was putting it was that in step 11, I need to be so transparent. I need to be so clear and I need to be so free of wanting things for myself that my higher power can easily tell me what he wants me to do for him. Not even not to be in a, in a place that I'm not even praying for myself. Because the first 10 steps have prepared me to get to this stage so I can just do my higher power's will. In the first 10 steps, I just ask things for myself. They might be of spiritual nature. I might have spiritual needs or spiritual wants. But by the time that I get to step 11, I better be in a situation that I don't, I'm not asking something for myself. And if by the time I get to step 11, I'm still full of fear, stress, worries, if, I still, if I'm still using my defects of character or if I have not practiced the counter virtues, the, the assets, or if I haven't yet trusted my higher power to turn my life over, by the time that I get to step 11, probably my higher power is going to give me a smile and tell me, go back and practice the steps until you're ready. And this has happened to me as a sponsor and as a sponsee. And <clears throat> Sometimes when a sponsee comes to me and, and he talks about a specific problem and then he says what I should do now, he asks me what I should do now, uh, I have suggested even if someone has many years of sobriety, if, if I see they're, that they're stuck somewhere, sometimes I suggest that you need to go through the process of, of the steps again, right? So I, I suppose that, that works the same for myself, that if I'm at the stage or if I'm facing the same problem again and again, then I need to go through the whole process again so I can learn from these challenges that are coming up all the time in my life. And I think the peak of the, my conscious contact with my higher power uh, happens in step 11 and 12, where I can uh, be so read of self-will where I can easily say, ask my higher power, okay, when I can kneel down and ask, okay, what do you want me to do for you now, right? And then that takes me on to step 12, where I can do service. And I realized, uh, again, in my step two, that I had acquired, or I had, yeah, I had acquired some of the attributes 
that my understanding of some of the attributes of my higher power from my parents, for example, I had um, thought that, well, uh, because my father was acting from, from power or strength, then I had seen some of the these attributes which was from God in my in my father and some other attributes in my mother, which was about forgiveness, compassion. And then there are us. There were some wrong attributes, which, as I said, they were behaving uh, contrary to their beliefs. For example, when they were beating me, and I had I had taken on these attributes as being related to my higher power as well. And there, I needed to work on these attributes, some of them, to get rid of them. I realized in order to have an in-depth connection, a, a emotional connection uh, to my higher power, in, in order to establish that connection. I need to balance my relationship with my higher power through working on the columns, which are on the step two inventory, to see what attributes I have assigned to my higher power, which I have taken only from my father or from my mom, from my mother or from other people, which are not true, which are the things that I need to get rid of as attributes that I have assigned to my higher power so that I, so that I can have a balanced relationship. The way that I realize it, uh, the spirituality that the program suggests for me personally is to have a balance between my mind and my heart, between rationality and compassion. And I believe this helps me to live a spiritual life and for me to to stay in this condition, it requires that I, uh, the, the challenge that I'm facing is this deep emotional connection with my higher power because we, whenever i do not feel this emo- do not feel this deep emotional connection to my higher power then my mind uh, does not operate in a in a proper way uh, the practical tools that i have for my connection to my higher power is firstly to have a place that i can pray inside my house a a, a something like a chapel or whatever inside my house i can go there and pray I believe in every house, just as there is a kitchen so we can take care of our body and feed our body, and, and there is a toilet so we can get rid of the things that our body does not need. In every house, uh, there should be a place for worship so I can go there and I can feed my soul and get rid of the things in my soul that I that no longer serve, serves me. Uh, for example, in, in one of my, in my trips to India, I realized that people do that a lot. For example, um, for example, someone had a shop, say, and in a small, even if that was a very small shop, say, in a barber's shop where only one seat could be fitted, uh, in the corner of the shop they had a, like small sculpture of of a Buddha, and then in the morning when they would go to work, the first thing that they would do, they would go there and pray, and then they would start working. I'm not saying that unless there is a specific place for worship in the house, it's not going to work. The thing that I'm trying to say is that the first thing that I need to do in the morning is that I need to connect to my higher power and that take care of, takes care of my spiritual needs. And then because of that, the, every day there is a promise that I need to fulfill towards my higher power, which is what is my higher power's will for me for each day. And then I commit myself to doing that until I go to bed. Uh, I think that's enough for the for talking about the conscious contact. That's that's about all that I have to share. But just uh, if in step one 
it talks about uh, the physical and the emotional part of my problem because it mentions that we had a problem which was physical, emotional, and spiritual. And in step one, it talks about physical and emotional part of my of, of my problem. From step two to twelve, it focuses on the spiritual part of my problem. And that indicates that the greatest part of my recovery needs to be around my spiritual condition. And we have seen many times in the program that people who struggle to stay sober or those who are sober for um, for some years, but they are not enjoying those sobriety, if, if, you, if you dig it, you will realize that they, they haven't worked that much on the spiritual part. And I believe that if we uh, focus more on the spiritual part of the program, we will be better equipped to deal with the challenges that come up along the way. Even if that challenge is a relapse, if it's a slip, if we have worked on the spiritual part, we will be better equipped to accept it, learn from it and move on. Um, I'm not claiming that I have a very good conscious contact with a, with a higher power. If I did, I wouldn't make any mistakes during the days, during my days, which is not the case. But just this little connection that I have with, have with my higher power, it has enabled me to an extent. For example, the, late, the latest example is that 20 days ago, as my father was passing away, uh, I was there, standing there with him. And, I was, uh, and, and as, he was, as he was dying, I was there and I was praying with him for him. Um, and I was thankful to my father because uh, when I did my step to inventory, I had realized that my some of the good attributes that I had uh, for my higher power, I had realized them through my father. And one of them was that uh, he had helped me realize the, the importance and the benefits of uh, doing good deeds. Uh, just as one example from one, one of the things that I have learned from my father, my father used to go to work to open his shop, to open his shop five o'clock in the morning. And I used to ask him, one example was that as my father was going to open his shop five o'clock in the morning, I used to ask him, why you open so early? And one day I just ride along with him on his bicycle to work. And then when we got there, I, I saw that a young man who was a spiritual seeker came to the shop and he just bought one egg and he left. And then he told me, now you understand why I come to work five o'clock in the morning. And then I realized that, well, sometimes some, some acts might seem very small, but a, a good deed, no matter how small it is, can have very huge impact. Yes. Uh, my name is Lee. I am a sexaholic, and I have been in recovery for well over 34 years. I want to thank Masood because in those 34 years, this may be the best description of how to use the step for conscious contact that I've ever heard. And I want to say it's very special and profound to me as someone who's interested in spirituality. That's it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you so much. I feel like what you shared was so wise, so wise. And Elise said it very well. Um, my question was, and I may not have this right. You talked about if you lose the feeling and then you get in your head 
I think it was the way to get back to that feeling is to work back through the steps. And then is it important to have that feeling? And that's all. Uh, yes, uh, there, there, there is this spiritual teacher that uh, he talks about. I mean, this is just a quotation somehow that he says that every human being should uh, have at least 20 minutes of meditation per day, unless that person has a lot of uh, things to do. In that case, then they have one hour, then they have to meditate for one hour per day. And it, it, it holds true for me because my connection with my higher power, I get disconnected when I have a lot of things to do, when I have a lot of mental obsessions, right? So the more, the busier I am, the busier, the more I need to have that prayer and meditation. I'm not saying that I'm doing this all the time. I would like to have to get to that stage that I could just connect my higher power all the time. But yes, that's the way that I do it. Whenever I feel disconnected, I try to go back to the idea and the image that I have much from my higher power. If I still don't feel the connection, sometimes I just call my sponsor, but I just do whatever it takes so I can establish the connection again. Uh, the question was, uh, Masud, you mentioned in your share that if someone follows a spiritual path, if it happens that they even have a relapse or a slip, uh, then it would not be that destructive for them and they will have acceptance and get back on, on, on the way. But the way that I had realized it was that if someone follows this spiritual path, then they will not relapse. And as it is, as is mentioned by one of these uh, Sufis, by, by Rumi, it says that if someone falls in love with a higher power, then they will not be uh, obsessed with the self. So I am, uh, the, my question is, is it possible that someone be on practice the spiritual principles of the program and still relapse? Uh, the, the, question, the question was partly answered uh, in the question, Sona, when you mentioned that if someone is, love with, is in love with a higher power, then it's very difficult for them to, if it's in a loving relationship with a higher power, then it's kind of very difficult for them to relapse. What I'm trying to say is, well, in the program, I mean, this is, these are some idealistic things, right, to have to, to, to maintain that loving relationship with the, with the higher power. But even we have a piece of literature which says uh, recovery continues, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, there it mentions that this is, this is something that develops and we, we just get better at doing it. And what I'm saying is that if someone has followed some spiritual progress, it's not like a computer game that if they relapse or if they, if they slip, then they will have to go to start all over from the beginning. That is not to say that I'm approving relapse. I'm not saying that it has to be a part of recovery, but I'm saying if someone has practiced the spiritual principles, the, the spiritual part of the program, and they relapse, they will be better off compared to someone who has not practiced the spiritual part of the program. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.